I mean, I like people, and I or at least a few of them. <laughs> I like like a few people and my dog. <laughs> Even dogs for me. I'm realizing more and more. I'm like, dogs are too much energy. They deplete me. What you're hearing in the background is usually how our meetings go. There's always a little banter before we get into creating episodes for the Pulso podcast. Pulso is made up of a team of folks who hold different identities and who each have their own unique relationships with Latinidad. That's what we're going to talk about on today's episode. You're going to hear from the people behind the scenes of the Pulso pod, Charlie, Lisanne, and Ray, whose families come from Colombian, Cuban, and Mexican backgrounds. Their assignment? They had to choose a family member to converse with about how they relate to their own Latino identity. Keep listening to hear snippets of the interviews with their fam and the collective reflections of the team behind this pod about being Latino. Here's producer Charlie Garcia. So the interview that I did, I interviewed my dad. And I don't know if I've, I've told you all the family story, history of the Colombian side of my family, but my grandparents came to the U.S. in the 50s and settled in New York City where they had my dad. They were both immigrants and they were both educated, but they didn't speak the language particularly well. And then they had my dad, who was a first-generation American, and he had this whole journey of how he related with, with the U.S., how he related with his Colombian heritage, and how it evolved through his life. Um, so the, the first clip I have is him talking about assimilation and how it affects how you feel about your own culture and how that changes over time. When you first feel the need to assimilate. There's almost a rebellion that you feel against your home culture, because in a sense, it's what you're trying to go away from as you try to enter this new culture. Um, and it's not a bad thing. It's not an evil thing. It's probably just an inevitable thing as you try to make a transition between two cultures or, or straddling two cultures. Later in life, as you get older and, and you, you become more aware of your own history and your own roots, um, all of a sudden, what used to be a mild sense of shame about your old background suddenly becomes a great source of pride as you realize that this is where you came from. The source of yourself, of your family, of your traditions. Um, and so the culture that, was, that, that you once sort of shunted aside as, as you tried to assimilate to this new culture suddenly takes on a much more important place in your life. That's a lot. What were you thinking when he said that, when he was talking about that? That's our content editor and producer, Lisanne Ramos. You know, it was interesting for me because I've just, I never had, have had that experience at really. Actually, you know what? <laughs> Maybe I have, now that I think about it, but less so. I never had to push it away because it was never really there for me. Um, until later I realized, oh, I am, I am Hispanic. Um, but for him, very different because he, he really did come from that. Oh yeah. It's, that's the whole experience, uh, from where I'm sitting quite literally where I'm sitting in my hometown of Miami, but also just being exposed to, you know, American media, America, like everything, obviously we were in the United States. So it was, it was 
the lines were a little more blurred. It wasn't like, I'm rejecting this culture. I'm going to now be American. And then I can kind of go back. Like, it depended on the day what felt like we could um, identify more with. So I get it. (laughs) (laughs) The idea of wanting to, like, reconnect really resonates with me. That's producer Ray Aguilera. Like, my grandfather loves mariachi music. And um, we would go to a couple of Mexican restaurants in town that always had mariachis. And my grandpa would just start, like, tipping them. So then they would just, like, camp out at our table. And I used to hate it as a kid because it was so loud. And they're, like, right there. And I'm like, I'm just trying to eat my carnitas in peace. Was it, you know? like, a, just a loud thing? Or were you embarrassed as a kid that, like, your table was the mariachi table? And no, it was definitely that, too. It was like, oh, man, we're like those people. You know what I mean? But but now as an adult, when the mariachi comes in, I'm stoked about it. I definitely have that experience of like wanting to get some of that back. But I just I did push a lot of that stuff away. And then now as an adult, it's like I'm spending a lot of my time and energy like pulling it back in and like learning to cook the food and 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 learning the music and and I wish I could learn to speak Spanish I've tried but I just don't have the aptitude for it now I don't think with me too I never learned to speak Spanish and it's still like a huge sore spot for me um because now as a 30 year old to learn Spanish it's a huge monumental effort to be able yeah. to do that yeah but as a 1 year old the only effort would have been my dad speaking to me in Spanish, um, you know, which it was zero effort, but <clears throat> he didn't. And I've always been upset about it, <laughs> but I've never really asked him about it until this conversation. I've always wanted to know why didn't I learn Spanish as a, a, as a child? Like, why didn't you speak more Spanish was it because my mom my mom didn't speak Spanish? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't feel an imperative to teach you that language, and I don't know why. I don't know. Do you think it was like conscious or just kind of not really? I guess it wasn't. I guess ultimately it didn't feel that important to do. Um I thought English was the real important language. <laughs> mm. yeah. But you got by in Bogota for a couple of weeks there. <laughs> barely, barely. <laughs> but I did. Yeah. And, you know, and Spanish was my first language. Because my parents were speaking Spanish at that time when I was born. So my initial orientation was toward the Spanish language, not the English language. And that's because of the first-generation American thing. Mm-hmm. You were second-generation American, by then you had a totally gringo dad. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love I love a confrontation between <laughs> father and son. <laughs> Why didn't you do this? Hearing that, and obviously not knowing your dad, like I can, at, at least it sounds to me like there's definitely a little bit of regret there when when you ask that question like you can kind of hear it in his voice yeah i just don't think he ever thought about it 
And and it, yeah. it's almost like mm-hmm. until I asked this when I asked this question, you can kind of hear the gears turning in his head of like, oh, <laughs> like yeah, that that's a thing. Hmm. I feel like the lesson here is force your significant other to speak your language <laughs> if you're going to have kids. Yeah, yeah. I ha- I have some I have some friends who are both white, but they're they're sending their daughter to like a bilingual English Spanish immersion school. And like my friend was like, "What do you think about that?" You know, kind of like uh, I don't know. Is that is that crunchy and weird? I was like, "No, I think that's awesome," and I'm super jealous. <laughs> And like maybe she can come over and give me Spanish lessons. A little white girl. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll take it, man. <laughs> you know, Spanish was my first language. What I grew up with was a lot of judgment from the elders about the type of Spanish you spoke and whether it was appropriate enough for you know. Everyone felt they were the keepers of the Spanish language, <laughs> and us little. You know, kiddos that were born here were uh, directly insulting them by, you know, existing and speaking English better. I've had experiences uh, in Spain. I have a, my mom's cousin moved to Spain and I went over to visit her. Uh, she was with this man who was a German man, but he really felt the need to sit me down and tell me, well, the Spanish you guys speak is not real Spanish. The real Spanish is the Spanish spoken here. Blah, 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 blah. Like, there. The most offensive Sorry. part of that to me is that a German sat you down and told you your Spanish wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, no. He's, it's a whole thing. <laughs> so I have but. one more clip to play. And this one was actually my dad and I talking about the work that I'm doing here at Pulso and how it's like another way to come into contact with my my heritage. I think it's it's really interesting that you're working, for example, on a project like Pulso that sort of kind of reawakens your own sense of heritage. Yeah, well, the producing for Pulso has completely reawakened my sense of heritage and my connection with that heritage because I didn't I didn't really grow up as a, a second generation American. You know, we went to Colombia and we spent time with the your side of the family. Still, it was never something that I identified with. In fact, I I mean it was like <laughs> I really thought I was white. Like right. like like if if a cat grows up with a bunch of dogs, the cat thinks it's a dog. <laughs> And growing up in in suburban <laughs> Georgia, um, I you know I didn't even really realize that I was Hispanic uh, mm-hmm. until later, um, and even and it's just something I never identified with. So it's it's been it's been really interesting to kind of uncover that. So there's my personal moment for the day. <laughs> How do you feel now, Charlie, after having been? immersed in Latinoness with Pulso for about a year now. You know, one of the main things I've taken from it is is the complexity of the of the situation <laughs> that it is in the US. And, and, and we are a situation indeed. <laughs> and I understand why people who like, you know, white people or they group everyone together here because 
because that's what we do as humans. And we, we need to put things in boxes to simplify the world because it's such a complex world. Um, but, you know, here we're, we're just diving into those complexities head first. Um, and it's been incredible to realize how much more complicated all of this is than I could have ever realized. And that there's no right or wrong way to be Latino, Latinx, Hispanic. There's no right or wrong way to call ourselves. There's no right or wrong way to stay connected to our heritage. Even the exploration of what it means to celebrate our roots. And I think that's what makes being Latino so interesting. Yeah, and and almost like... Almost like there's not a right and a wrong way, but there is a wrong way and a right way, depending on who you ask at the same time, <laughs> you know, which is another layer of it. Okay, so we have a clip from Lizanne. Do you want to preface this at all, Lizanne? And who, who, who is in this? Uh, the clip is of my sister, and we talk about the differences that we see between mixing of languages, mixing of generations Spanish was my first language until I was like three or four my mom sent me to school and I learned English in 10 minutes or so she says and then it was a given my grandparents only spoke Spanish so only talked to them in Spanish um I didn't realize I will never forget I was like a lot older than I cared to admit but I was watching the Rugrats and like like what's his name Tommy? Tommy's grandfather mm-hmm. started like Grandpa Pickles. Is that what his name was? What a weird Shit. show. His <laughs> grandfather was speaking English. And I was like, what? Old people speak English? I just assumed because all of the people above the age of 70 only spoke Spanish. So I had this idea as a small child that only old people spoke Spanish. And then I was like, wait, that kind of makes sense because it's not like they turned 70 and they get slapped with Rosetta Stone and only speak Spanish. <laughs> but it was just like, that was my life. Like in my life, only old people spoke Spanish. So it was weird to see an old person, even in a cartoon, speaking English because that was something that was so like not in my headspace. I was not in my realm of reality at that time. Did you all grow up in Miami? Mm-hmm. It's interesting because it's just so different than my experience because you were around a community that that still really was was with that whereas i think ray and i like we we didn't have that kind of community that 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 kept all the the heritage in the language it is interesting though because i never had a moment like that but it actually does ring true like all the really old people spoke Spanish, <laughs> but they could also speak English now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it was very broken English. Um, we would kind of like, we turned it into a joke, like with my grandparents, they'd say certain phrases. And like with my grandmother, every time I saw, like every time we would like leave each other, like I'd go home because um, she also kind of helped raise me. So I, I'd be like, until tomorrow. And she'd be like, until tomorrow. And then- <laughs> And then we would like, and then I would say it with the accent. So like, it was the same, like kind of making fun of the language barrier, but like also just 
yeah, because, you know, why not make fun of everything? That's also just part of the culture. <laughs> Latino identity is complicated, so this conversation isn't over. And we want to keep having it with you. Send us your anecdotes about how you relate to your own Latino identity to info at projectpulso.org or leave us a voicemail at 612-440-3840. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to the Pulso Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you heard, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend to give us a listen. Have questions or story ideas to send our way? Send us an email to info at projectpulso.org. The Pulso podcast is produced and edited by Charlie Garcia and Lisanne Ramos. Additional editing by Steph Amaya Mora. Research and booking by Turilla Chavez, Ray Aguilera, Ana Mendoza, and Sabina Maluf. Original music by Julian Blackmore. Our cover art was designed by Jonathan Torres. And I'm your host, Lisa Larcón. The voices you hear in our intro, that's the Pulso team. Thanks for listening. Hey, Pulso fam. I want to tell you all about Atlas Lingue, a Studio Ochenta podcast about language, culture, and communication. Have you ever wondered what your cat is trying to tell you? Or how Disney Pixar writers craft stories that resonate across numerous languages? Atlas Lingue host Luis Lopez explores these topics and so much more. It's a show about the confusing, wonderful, and weird world of language, and this season, they're diving deep into the language of culture online. They're interviewing content creators from different countries who document their daily lives and cultural backgrounds on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. New episodes air every other Monday wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also watch all the interviews on their YouTube channel at 80 Podcasts.